the National Broadcasting Company presents Sir Lawrence Olivier, your host in Theater Royal. This is Lawrence Olivier. I'm speaking to you from the stage of the Theatre Royal Haymarket in the heart of London's theatre land. This is one of London's oldest theatres and it is appropriate that I should introduce the first of this new series of programmes from here. I am at this time rehearsing a new play with my wife, Vivian Lee, and after a short tour, I shall be opening in London early next month. Because of this, although I shall be introducing the programme each week, I am for the first few of this new series inviting some of my own good friends of the theatre to join me and appear in subjects of their own choice. My first guest is a very old friend of mine. A good few years ago, I had the pleasure of appearing as his guest on his own program from New York, and that is why it gives me particular pleasure to return the compliment and to reintroduce you this week to Orson Welles. Orson has chosen a famous story by Alexander Pushkin, which you may know. It is a tale of excitement and suspense, which I think you'll like. Here he is then, Orson Welles, in the role of Hermann in The Queen of Spades. I'm out of my mind, here in the book of hospital, room number 17, just as though I were out of my mind. Listen, my friends, listen, I'm no more insane than you are, no more insane than I was that evening, that evening at Naramov's, Naramov of the horse guards, the night of the card party. <laughs> and how did you make out, Stewart? Did you win? No, 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 no. I lost, uh, just as I always do. <laughs> I always you. have been unlucky at cards. I play carefully. Never raise the stakes, keep my head, never let myself be put out. Yet I always lose. <laughs> <laughs> and you've never been tempted into putting your winnings back onto a sequence? All on one card, double on the second, double again on the third? Not to me, I'm afraid. <laughs> you surprise me. I wish I'd got your temperament. What about Herman here? He's never had a card in his hand in his life. Oh. Yet he sits here till five in the morning just watching us play. Why not? Play fascinates me. Just to watch. And you never want to join in and try your luck? No, no, no. I'm in no position to throw away what I've got in the hope of winning more than I need. Well, if you never start gambling, I suppose you never acquire a taste for it. But you know, there's one person I can't understand. I wonder who's that? My grandmother, the Countess Anna Fedotovna. Oh. She never touches a card. Your grandmother, you... the Countess? Uh-huh. But why should she want to gamble? She's over eight years old. True, but that only shows you've never heard the story. No? Well, what is her story, then? Come on, Tomsky, you cannot leave us all in the air like that. Well, it's very simple, really. The Countess knows an infallible system. No, she could win every time she played. True. Nonsense, my dear Tomsky. There's no such thing as an infallible system. 
There's always a chance of losing. <laughs> That's why I always refuse to play. There is an infallible system, Herman, if you know it. And the Countess does know it. Now listen to this. About 60 years ago, she was in Paris. Beautiful, rich. And she had a passion for cards. She had a run of bad luck. She lost every time she played. And she ended up, after one particularly bad evening, by owing the Duke of Orléans a very tidy sum. Now, you've heard of the Count Saint-Germain, haven't you? Uh, wasn't that the charlatan who said he was the wandering Jew and pretended to have found the elixir of life? Well, he may have been a charlatan in some ways, but he had extraordinary powers, supernatural powers, apparently. And he was the one who taught the Countess her infallible system. Nonsense. Nonsense, Tomsky. I tell you, there's no such thing. Very well, then. How do you explain this? The Countess asked Saint-Germain to lend her the money. Instead, he told her the secret system. She went back to Versailles that very night, and on just three cards, doubling and redoubling the stakes, she won back the fortune she had lost. But, my dear fellow, that was just a lucky coincidence. No, no. If she had played again, she'd have lost her fortune again. Oh, no. Not when she knew which three cards to play. Nonsense. You see, it had been one of the conditions, by the way, I didn't tell you, that after she'd played them just the once, she should never touch a card again in her life. And she never has done. You mean to say, you've a grandmother with a secret like that, which could make you millions, and you've never managed to wheedle it out of her? No. Nobody ever has. Not even her own sons. <laughs> well, I wish the Countess would take pity on me sometime. <laughs> Three infallible cards like that, and once would be enough. Nonsense. I should retire a wealthy man from that single game. <laughs> <laughs> I had scoffed at the tale, pretended to disbelieve it, but in my heart, I knew it was true. There is such an infallible system. There are three cards that will always win. Every gambler knows that there are, knows that there must be. Once in a lifetime, someone discovers the secret, and then their fortune is made. And it was just those three infallible cards that I had always been trying to discover, watching game after game, never playing until I knew which the secret sequence really was. Well, now I know. All night long, I had lain awake, thinking about the secret and the one old woman who knew it. Next morning, I took a walk through the streets of the city. I stopped before an imposing mansion. Excuse me, sir. Yeah. Whose house is that over there? On the corner? Yes. The Countess Fedotovna's. A great lady, sir. The Countess? The Countess Anna Fedotovna? That's right, sir. The only one. She's an old lady now, sir. 87, they say. And who is the young lady? The young one sitting at the window? At the embroidery frame. Yes. Oh, that will be the Countess's young ward. Lizaveta Ivanovna. Lizaveta Ivanovna. Uh, thank you. Thank you, sir. Oh, the Countess has a pretty young lady to look after her, has she? Well. Well, maybe that will prove to be the answer. Yes, she was to be the answer, all right. Lizaveta Ivanovna. Day after day, I went back to the house, standing there in the street, gazing up at the figure in the window, wondering what went on between her and the countess. Did she know the story of the old woman's secret? No. Not until I finally told her. 
They talked about other things up there in the Countess's dressing room. What are you gazing out of the window for, child? Is it so interesting down in the street? I'm sorry, I, I wasn't thinking. Not thinking. You looked as though you were lost in thought. Maybe you find it far too dull reading to me. Oh, no, my lady. Shall I get the book that Prince Pavel sent you yesterday? No, oh, no, I don't feel in the mood for being read to. Oh. Oh, the novels they send me are a lot of ridiculous nonsense. <laughs> is the carriage ready? Yes, my lady. It is waiting at the door to be required. Then I shall get dressed and we will drive to the park. Please be ready to start when I am dressed. Yes, my lady. Hmm. Natasha. Yes, mademoiselle. Do you know that man down there in the street? He's been standing there all the morning. The officer, mademoiselle? No, I never saw him before. What uniform is he wearing? Well, I am not sure, mademoiselle, but... Yes, he is a captain in the engineers, I think. It is very handsome. The, the uniform, I mean. Yes, mademoiselle. I knew that she had seen me standing there each morning. I had seen her blush and pretend to turn away to her embroidery. But always her eyes stole back to me. And I knew that sooner or later I should succeed. And then one day, as she was helping the old countess into her carriage, Careful. I slipped the note into her hand. I saw her start of surprise, her indecision, whether to throw it away or not. Then I saw her hide it in her glove as the carriage drove away. Know then, my adored one, that you are more to me than life itself. Though I have only had the exquisite happiness of gazing at you from afar, I live for the day when I shall hear your voice and when I shall have the courage to declare myself your devoted slave, Hermann. But what am I to do? Whatever would the Countess say if ever she were to find out? The man is far too bold. I, I shall have to return on his letter. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, she returned my letter. Just as I knew she would, with a brief note of her own. Sir, it said, I am sure that your intentions are honorable and that you have no wish to offend me, but I cannot begin an acquaintance in such an imprudent manner. I return your letter and trust you will never give me cause to complain of your disrespect. <laughs> give her no cause to complain of disrespect, but neither would I give her cause to complain of neglect, for I had reason to believe that my boldness was not entirely unwelcome. So, Herman, you know Lizaveti Ivanovna, do you? Oh, I know her by sight. I, I hear of her occasionally through a mutual friend. Mm -hmm. And can you, by any chance, be the officer that she seems to be thinking about these days? I, of course not. No? No, we've never met. What made you think so? <laughs> it was rather amusing. I was asking the Countess's permission to present a friend of mine. Oh? A fellow officer, I called him, actually, it was Naramov. Then, when Elizabeth and I are alone together, up she comes and whispers, Who is the officer you wish to present to the Countess? Is he a captain in the engineers? And uh, Naramov's in the cavalry. Of course he is. <laughs> but who is the captain in the engineers that seems uh, to be Elizabeth Ivanovna's thoughts? How eh? should I know? At least you can be sure it isn't me. <laughs> oh, yes, I was in her thoughts. I had every cause to be. 
For never a day went past now without my sending her another note smuggled into her sometimes one way, sometimes another. Please, be good enough not to give me any more letters and tell the person who sent you that he... Uh, he ought to be ashamed of himself. But of course, mademoiselle, of course. Even though he is devoted to you. Even though I was devoted to her. Day after day, I begged her, implored her to let me visit her. And it was not long before I was receiving her replies. Before she was telling me that she, too, was in love. Before she was ready to do everything I asked of her. And then, at last, the letter for which I had been waiting was thrown down to me from the Countess's window. Oh, what a letter that was. This evening there is a ball at the German embassy. The Countess will be there. This is our only chance of meeting alone. As soon as the Countess and I have left for the ball, the servants will be going out and the porter will be in his lodge. Come to the house at half past eleven. Walk straight in. If anybody happens to stop you in the hall, go straight upstairs. If you meet anyone in the anteroom, ask for the Countess. They will say she is out. Then you will have to leave. But probably you will be seen by no one. If so, turn to the left through the anteroom. You will reach the Countess's bedroom. There you will find two doors. The one on the right leads into a study which is never used. The one on the left leads to a corridor at the end of which is a staircase. It leads to my room. I shall have returned by two o'clock. <laughs> nobody to challenge me. The porter was asleep in his lodge, and the servants were not about. By half past eleven, I was safely inside the Countess's apartments. But it was not the left-hand door I opened, the one that led on to Ivanova's room. No. It was the door into the empty study next to the bedroom of the Countess. There I waited until two o'clock. And in my pocket, there was a pistol. In a moment, we shall return to Orson Welles in Alexander Pushkin's transcribed story, The Queen of Spades. And now we return to Orson Welles, starring in Alexander Pushkin's famous story, The Queen of Spades. I waited for nearly three hours. I waited in the deserted study, waited for the return of the Countess and the chance to force the secret from her. The secret of the three cards. Three cards and the order in which to play them. Three cards that could not lose. It was half past two before she returned. And I heard them enter the bedroom, just beyond the door, where I was hiding. Good night, my lady. Oh, so you are going to bed? <laughs> Already, my dear. If you will excuse me, I'm very tired. Very tired, she says. <laughs> A girl of her age. And I tired as well. I thought that Natasha would be attending your ladyship. Oh, to be sure, to be sure. Don't bother about me, my dear. Nobody cares an old woman like me. Go to bed then if you are so tired. Why well, stand there arguing? I'm sorry, my lady. Good night. Good night. Girl. Natasha, unless me. Yes, your lady. Oh, I'll be quick about it. Uh -huh. Mademoiselle is not the only one who is tired. Huh? Oh. I watched the old woman's 
through a crack in the door. I watched the whole repulsive scene as wig, paint, patches, and every finery was stripped away, and the gaunt, unlovely features emerged that fashion and artistry had done so much to conceal. At last, the maid retired. Does your ladyship wish to retire, or shall I place the chair by the window? The chair is well enough where it is. Uh, oh, t take away the candles. I will have light enough from the icon lamp. Good night, my lady. Good night, good night. <laughs> what a poetry affair it was tonight, the ball. It seems they have forgotten what social occasion was to be. Just as the modern world has forgotten how to deport itself. Ah, uh -huh. what days there used to be when Princess Daria Petrovna and I... Who are you? Don't be alarmed, madam. Don't be alarmed. I am not going to harm you. I have come to ask you a favor. Who are you? What are you doing here? It does not matter who I am but it is in your power to make me happy for life. And it will cost you nothing. What do you want? Madame, I know that you can name three cards. Oh. Three cards that are to be played in sequence. Oh. Three cards that cannot fail to make the fortune of anyone who knows them. No. No, but only a jest. I, I swear, only a stupid jest. It is no jest to me, madam. I want you to name those cards for me. I do not know any cards. Why should you keep your secret? Who for? For your grandson, Stomsky? You're all rich enough already. They don't need to know your secret. Besides, they have no idea of the value of money. They would squander it away in a year. With me, with me it would be different. I know the value of money. I live simply. I am not a gambler. I have never touched a pack of cards in my life. I will only touch three cards. Tell me which they are. I don't not know any cards. Madame, if you have any feelings at all, by all you hold dear in life, tell me your secrets. If you have ever known what it is to be in love, if you have ever known human suffering or sympathy or rapture, by all you have ever felt or longed for, I beg you, tell me. I do not know any card. You old witch! I'll make you answer. See, I have a pistol. No, no. Tell me. Tell me, you hag. Tell me. Unless you tell me those three cards, I shall... But... But... She's... Dead. She's dead. Dead! The secret is... No. No! No! It was only then that I remembered Lizaveta Ivanovna waiting for me in her room at the head of the little staircase down the corridor. Helena, where have you been? I've been in the Countess's bedroom. I've just left her. The old woman is dead. No! Yes. What are you saying? I am saying the Countess is dead. What's more, I'm afraid that I was the cause of her death. Thing has happened. She died of fright. It was an accident. She had a secret that I had to know. Three cards. A secret that can make the fortune of anyone who knows it. But hell, That was all I wanted, just three cards. I let myself in just as you told me. I hid myself in the study next to her bedroom. I waited till she had got undressed and dismissed her maid. And then I came out. 
And the rest of So that was why you wanted me to let you into the house. And I thought, oh, what have I done? What have I done? You old fool, I begged her to tell me. I begged her on my bended knees, but she refused to be reasonable. And what would it have cost her? Nothing, nothing at all. But the old witch was obstinate. So I pulled out my pistol and threatened her with it. You monster! Don't worry, I didn't intend to kill her. The pistol wasn't even loaded. It was an accident, a pure accident. But she died. She died. And the secret has died with her. Just three cards. Three cards that would have made a fortune. What a fool I've been. What an utter fool to believe all your life, to believe that you really loved me, that three it was me you were even interested in. Three cards, three cards that were worth a fortune. Yes, three cards. And I was the one that was going to help you find them. Oh, what a fool I've been. What a wicked fool. But for me, she would never have died. It was I who killed her. I, her own woman. The old woman deserved to die. She didn't. She didn't. She was kind to me. I killed her. Nobody killed her. The old woman died because she was an obstinate old fool. But it's far more important. Her secret died with her. Three cards. Just three simple cards. Now, shall I get out of the house? There seems little point in my staying any longer. I, I was going to show you down the secret staircase. Then show me. It leads down from the Countess's bed. Well, come on, show me. No, I'm afraid. Afraid of seeing her there. Then give me the key. Tell me what it is. I'll make my own way out. The old Countess was dead, and her secret had died with her. Though I hated her for it, her death was on my hands. And the thought began to obsess me. She had died with hatred in her eyes. Hatred as well as fear. And who can say what hatred is liable to do? Even the hatred of the dead. Perhaps you will say that I am superstitious, for I have no faith. But suddenly I knew that I must pay my last respects to her and ask her forgiveness. Poor lady. She died two nights ago. She'd been to a ball at the German embassy and the excitement must have proved too much for her. She died in her bedroom, peacefully, in a chair beside her bed. I am sorry. Yes. I'm going to the funeral tomorrow at the convent of Our Lady. What time is the funeral? Nine o'clock in the morning. At the convent of Our Lady. I shall be there. You are a good friend, Herman. Thank you. The church was full of mourners, for the old woman had many friends, many acquaintances. Anyone who had lived as long as she had must have had many acquaintances, even if they were only waiting for her to die. The coffin stood on a catafalque under a velvet canopy. The body was laid within it. Hands crossed upon the breast, wearing the lace cap and the satin gown. When her relatives had paid their last respects, I too approached the coffin. <laughs> Forgive me, old woman. Forgive me. I meant you no harm. <laughs> No! 
say that I'm mad, if you like. But the old woman's eyes were open, and they were mocking me. I heard her chuckle, chuckle horribly, and I was afraid of her. I fought my way out of the church and hurried away to lose myself in the noise and bustle of the streets. All day I wandered about the town, trying to forget all that I'd seen. I dined alone, and when I got back to my room, I locked the door behind me. At last, I fell asleep. When I woke up, suddenly, the moonlight was coming through my window. It was three o'clock in the morning, and I heard a distant clock chiming the hour. Who? Who is it? Who's there? Who is it? <laughs> the Countess. Countess Fedosnova. I am here through no will of my own young man. I am here because I have been told, compelled to grant your request. Three, seven, eight will win for you if played in that order, but only on this condition that you play them once and never play again in your life. Yes. Yes, Countess. Countess, I beg your forgiveness. I forgive you my death. But if you gamble more than once, <laughs> I shall return. Yes, I... I accept the condition. <laughs> ah, good evening, Carl. I wish you luck at the table. Why, Herman, you here? A Chekhovinsky? Do you come here to watch the play as well? I have come to play, Maramoff. To play? But I thought you never did play. I shall play this once. May I take a card, sir? Not of course. Thank you. Well, congratulations on your fall from grace, my dear fellow. I shall watch this. Oh, the best of luck to you. Thank you. This is my card. This is my stake. Uh, pardon me, sir, but what is the stake? I cannot see quite what you've written. 47,000 rubles. Possible. That's a very high stake, sir. A great deal higher than usual. Well, do you accept my card or not? Naturally. I must only point out that here we play only for cash. Oh, for my part, your word is more than sufficient, but my part... There is the cash. Oh, thank you. Uh, if you are ready. The nine... And the three? The three it is. I win. I will play again and double my stake. And this is my card. As you will, sir. At your pleasure. The knave and the seven. The seven is my card. I win again. You are remarkably lucky, sir. I will play once more while my luck holds. I stake everything. Everything on this card. A queen. And an ace. An ace. The ace wins. Pardon me, sir. That card is not the ace. It's the queen. The queen? Your queen has lost for you. The queen? The queen of spades. But it... It wasn't the queen that I played. It... 
It was... It was the, the Queen of Spades! The Queen of Spades! It is the cursed old woman! The old woman! She has tricked me! Tricked me! Three, seven, ace. Three, seven, ace. Three, seven, queen. This is Lawrence Olivier again. First, I should like to thank Orson Welles for that fine performance in The Queen of Spades, and the other members of the cast who included Ellen Pollock as the Countess and Cecile Chevreur as Lisaveta. I'm looking forward to next month when I shall have the opportunity of appearing myself in the plays which we shall bring you each week. Until then, I will have the pleasure of introducing some more of my good friends of the theatre, including in the weeks to come, Michael Redgrave, and next week, Ralph Richardson. Until then, au revoir, and thank you. The Lawrence Olivier introduced in today's transcribed program, Orson Welles. Alexander Pushkin's story, The Queen of Spades, was...